Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Progressive presents an interview with your upstairs neighbor. My name's Barry. I live right above you. I don't host parties. I host after parties. They're like parties, only louder and nobody goes home. You can see right here I ripped out all the carpeting because it was holding me back with my pogo stick. Man's got a pogo. Oh, I'm a prankster. I'll grease up a soda can, and then when somebody grabs it, boom! <laughs> Progressive can't save you from your upstairs neighbor, but we can save you money when you bundle renters and auto insurance with us. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast is brought to you by Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris at 708-478-6090. Mariska's and Crest Hill, family-owned and operated since 1933. Chuck's Southern Coverage Cafe, with locations in Burbank and Darien, visit chuckscafe.com and seatgiant.com. Use promo code MADHOUSE at checkout to save. Welcome to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast with NBCChicago.com's James Navo and 670 The Scores hockey guy, Jay Zawoski. Here I Chicago! Welcome into what's going to be hopefully the first of many post-game editions of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. My name is James Nabeau from NBC5 Chicago, and with me, as always, is the one, the only, the fantastic, the superb, Jay Zawoski. Jay, we have a Blackhawks game to talk about. Why don't we do that? Oh, wait, they lost. Everything's bad and everything's horrible, and we're all sad. Well, that was not a great game. It was uh, pretty brutal. Before we get to the game... Some news I want to share with everybody. Um, if you don't have Twitter, if you don't have Facebook, uh, get them. Because get, out, they're very, get out from under the rock, man. Come right. on. <laughs> they're very helpful things. But we, uh, first and foremost, announced our outing with the Chicago Wolves. That is on January 20th. And uh, we have tweeted out and Facebooked a link to that event. We'll also put the link on our podcast description, so you can just go into the description on whichever app you're using to listen and click the link from there. Here's the deal. Uh, $17 tickets. That's a 650 discount off the f- face value of the tickets. 
as they are. It also includes a Wolves gift bag, a Wolves hat, a Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast t-shirt, and koozie, so you're getting some swag there. Also, the first 15 people to reserve tickets to this event will receive an exclusive pregame Chalk Talk experience with Senior Advisor slash Director of Hockey Operations Gene Ubriaco. He, he'll give us a scouting report on the Bakersfield's Condors and do a Q&A with us as well. So a lot of cool stuff going on at our Wolves event. Uh, we are optimistic. I believe we have 50 tickets on reserve, so uh, there's not a ton. This is a really good deal. It's a Saturday night. Uh, good time to get out, get everybody together, have another Madhouse outing, and have a good time together. So make sure, don't wait on this, because they're going to go fast. Uh, we, you know, Anytime we have an event, we worry about the turnout, and we're always blown away by how many people come. So uh, I would expect this one to go the same way. So get on that. Again, the link to the event will be in the description of this podcast. So come join us out in Rosemont on January 20th at 7 p.m. against the Bakersfield Condors. That'll be a good time, a good night for the podcast. So we look forward to seeing you all out there. For sure, yeah. It's going to be a really good night. Uh, don't let all my friends and family buy the tickets, by the way, because the event page has been kind of bouncing around on Facebook. My mom shared it. My wife shared it. A bunch of my friends have shared it. I've had friends tell me they bought tickets already. So, yeah, you might want to get in on this because apparently the Naveau clan is just going to take it over if you don't. So Tell those bums to buy regular tickets and let our listeners buy tickets to this thing. Their listeners, at least the ones that have bought tickets so far, have been they listeners. Be. So sure. I'm, tell- I'm telling you they are. Don't worry about it. I can vouch for these people. All right, I believe you. And then the second sort of announcement we have is, um, you know, the the schedule this year has been weird. I'm sure everyone has sort of noticed that. So, so dumb. They'll either have back-to-back games and not play for a week, or they'll play a bunch of games in a row with no real break. Uh, So James and I are going to start as best we can. Obviously, the holidays are tough, and there's going to be extenuating circumstances some nights, but every night after a game, one of the two of us, sometimes both of us, We'll do a short game recap, game reaction podcast. So after every game, the next morning, at the very latest, there will be a new Madhouse podcast available for you most nights. So look forward to that starting uh, with the next batch of home games. Uh, I don't think we're going to start it this weekend, but probably next week sometime during the regular work week, we'll get that started. I'm just going to look ahead at the schedule here, which I should have done before I started talking about this. But guess what? See, it's mo- most radio professionals kind of look at that before they start talking, or even while they're talking. Jay waits until he's done talking, and then he looks it up. Well, it's 10.30 at night, and uh, quite frankly, I'm uh, a little bit tired. So they play uh, on the 2nd and 3rd. That's Saturday and Sunday. So Wednesday the 6th will be our first official post-game uh, shortened edition podcast. But look for that after every game. So that'll be good. I think we need to put more content out there. We've been wanting to do two a week, but the schedule just sort of hasn't allowed that. It hasn't made sense to do one, you know, between a game, you know, if there's two games in a row or it's game, day off, game, it's it's kind of a waste of a podcast in our opinion. So now we're just going to give you guys some more, um, you know, post-game reaction sort of things. Uh, And this is going to be more of an extended podcast, but one of those, I guess the first official one is tonight. Right, yeah, and we, we've been uh, wanting to do a podcast for a few days now. We know we haven't done one in about 10 days or so, but 
like Jay said, just the really the goofy scheduling is kind of coming out there. I mean, we had games Monday and Tuesday, so we didn't really want to do a podcast Monday and then have a Hawks game Tuesday to kind of screw it up. And then last night, Jay and I were both like, look, we are beat tired, both had long days at work. Jay had to do his radio thing. I had to do my NBC thing. And, yeah, just we're, we're trying our best here to get as much content out to everybody as we can. And, you know, now that I've got some uh, good sound equipment that Jay has so kindly bought for me with that money that you guys have so helpfully raised, everyone's really pulling their weight here. And now we get to do some fun stuff. Yay! Yeah, so it'll be, you know, a 10, 15-minute just kind of quick reaction thing. Maybe we'll put out a hashtag during games if you guys want to comment and have us answer questions there. But just real brief, not the full hour-long things that we typically do. But uh, you'll still get those, but there's going to be, you know, individual uh, post-game reaction. All right, I think we've made that pretty clear what that's going to be. Yep. (laughs) Now that we've explained what it's going to be, let's go ahead and do the thing. Now that we've over-explained it, yeah. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, tonight's game... Hawks lose 4-3 in overtime to the Dallas Stars, a game they really had no business winning. Zero. Um, it was They came out to sharp in the third period, the first half, uh, tied the game up, and then the whole thing fell apart again. Without Corey Crawford, this game could have been 25-3. to It was I, it I was feel ridiculous. like we say that a lot, though. But this one felt especially bad. This is To me, this is one of the worst games of the year. I think, like, top to bottom, the power play failures, uh, the moments of just absolute desperation in the defensive zone where no one can get a hold of the puck, no one can do anything. Your top line is a complete non-factor tonight. Uh, Aside from a few guys making nice plays, I guess I could say, um, you know, Corey Crawford, Patrick Kane had a decent game. Alex DeBrinckit scores again. We'll get to him later, of course. Of course. Lance Bowman made a nice play at the end of the game. But other than that, ugh. Yeah, it's just it's it was one of those nights and we had seen a lot of like kind of positive signs about the Blackhawks over the last few games and they had won some pretty tough games against some good competition and they've been playing a lot lately and I, it just it felt like tonight I know Jamal Mayers kept going back to the well over and over again about how the team looked tired and how this was their third game in four nights and all this stuff and to a degree, like, I definitely get it. Like, fatigue can definitely set in in a situation like that. But I also know that the Blackhawks, like, that wasn't just fatigue that was at play tonight. There just was a complete lack of push. There was a complete lack of real offensive, like, kind of go get itness in the first two periods of this game. Had, I believe, it was 10 shots on goal through the first two periods, despite having four power plays in the first period. Yeah, and that's that, hard to do. It, it, that's it, it almost prepos- It's almost impossible to do. Like, it was the most ridiculous thing. And they came out in the third period with kind of the burr under their saddle, and they really had a lot of punch in that game, and it looked really good. And then, like you said, they just kind of went back to, oh, yeah, we're, we're kind of tired. We're, we're, we're done now. And you know what? They got another game Saturday, and they got another game Sunday. So if they think fatigue was an issue tonight, well, you better buckle up because Saturday and Sunday are coming quick, and you're going to have to get your energy back. Well, and, and I buy the excuse that they were probably a little bit tired. Sure, they played three games this week, Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. And I think we we, talk, we say this a lot. These are human beings. They're not robots. They're not machines. They do have the effects of 
travel and tired and heavy legs and all those things. It's all fine and good. But when you slump like you did, you know, in November and in, uh, in I'm sorry, late October, early November, and you wait, you know, till then to kind of start the engines on your season, these games become critically important. And tonight's kind of a microcosm of you come out and lay an egg for two periods. Then you have to give it everything you have to start the third just to get back into it. And then by the time the third's halfway over, you're totally out of gas and you're just on the run the entire rest of the period. And that's exactly what happened. So, yes, fatigue is an issue, but those things will be easier to overcome when you do have those nights where you have had some rest that you play better and you win those games and you rise to the occasion and you take advantage of those three, four nights off in a row. Win those games and these things become a little more uh, you know, they don't hurt as bad as they do. This this loss hurts. I know it's early. It's December and a couple hours. It's not a big deal, you know, if you look at the calendar and say, well, that's a bad loss. But look, the West is as tight as it can get. And these points matter in December as much as they do in April. And to come out with an effort like they had tonight, tired or not, I, I get that they're tired. Regardless of that, they should have had a better effort than they did tonight. I, d- I definitely agree with it, and that's kind of what I was getting at, too, is I just thought that they're, the effort just didn't seem to be there the first two periods. They just seemed very disjointed. They seemed just very out of sorts, and I felt like they that kind of transcended just being something with fatigue. And I, I get that it is a factor, but to say it was the only factor, like they were saying on the uh, – intermission reports and in the post game show it just seemed kind of disingenuous a little bit I felt like there was a lot of struggle there that didn't necessarily have to do with heavy legs or anything like that but I mean there obviously was plenty negative in this game you alluded to some of the defensive issues that they had in this game Brent Seabrook had a just catastrophically stupid turnover in the game oh so did Taves Jonathan Taves had a really bad one, bad penalty too by Taves. That I don't care like how angry he was about it. That's a penalty. Well, look when you, you hear Pat Foley say, "Look, Captain, you know you can complain all you want, but you had your you had your stick around the guy's waist. Sure, he grabbed it and yep. he you know he embellished it a little bit, but your stick was still there. When Pat Foley is taking a shot at Jonathan Taves, that tells you something. Well, I mean, that you saw. You, I mean, you saw the stats in the first period of this game. You saw how many shots on. I, shot attempts even the sod Taves panic line had in that first period big fat goose egg it was just unbelievably bad that first period and I I gotta say it man Richard panic has got to be off that top line I mean he just is not there right now no Brandon sod and Jonathan Taves can stay together all they want but good grief man you got to give somebody else a chance on that line because Richard Panic simply is not getting it done, and he's boat anchoring that line right now. And I know he had 20 goals last season, and I know that you're paying him almost $3 million a season to be a scorer. Well, guess what? He's not a scorer right now. You no, gotta, he's not much of anything you either. Gotta, and, you got to do something about this, like, right now. Yeah, now. Mark Lazarus pointed it out on Twitter that you see every, every time Panic gets a shot or a chance – and it doesn't go in, you see the shoulder slump, you see him reacting on the ice. That's not good. You can't keep that guy in your top line right now, especially when your best player right now is on your third line with Ryan Hartman and Patrick Sharp. Yep. Alex Dabrinkit is the only guy doing a damn thing consistently on this team, and he's 19 years old. Oh, By the way, you mentioned the top oh, line. See, you, you said something there that I disagree with, but go ahead and finish your thought. All right, that's fine. Uh, the top line today. Jonathan Taves, Corsi percentage, 35%. Ugh. 
Richard Panic, 37%. Brandon Sod, 33%. That's not good enough. And you could tell me about zone starts. You could tell me about matchups, whatever. That's fine. Jonathan Taze makes $10.5 million. Brandon Sod makes $6 million. Those guys, you should not be making excuses for them night after night. Look, the game against Anaheim, they were fantastic. 17 shots, 4-0 against. They shut down the Anaheim Ducks. But look, the Ducks are not a good team right now. The Dallas Stars are a team you're contending with. You're chasing for a playoff spot. They've got to be better. And I have been in Jonathan Taves' corner for a long time, and I still am. I still think he's a great hockey player. But... He cannot have nights like he had tonight. That is not, I don't care. I don't care how much Richard Panic is struggling. I don't. Jonathan Taze for $10.5 million and the captain of his team has to do more. And I'll give, if he's got a night where he's shutting down the top line and they're getting their chances, it's just not going in, that's fine. He was trash on both ends of the ice tonight. Jonathan Taves, this may have been his worst game as a Blackhawk. I'm not kidding. Yeah, that's he, saying I, something, too. I can't recall a game that he played that was worse than this one. Yeah, it's it's hard to dispute this notion, honestly, man. Like, you you nailed it right on the head. He was a dumpster fire on both ends of the ice tonight, and that's not something we're used to seeing from Jonathan Taves. He's usually really good defensively, and then he'll have, like, really good nights offensively. Tonight, there just was nothing positive about his game, and I think if you asked him after the game, he would he would admit it. I think he would – he's the kind of guy that would kind of man up and say something like that, but, man, he just – there was so much not to like about his game tonight. He just was out of position constantly, had a bad penalty, had a bad turnover, just a really rough night for him. It kind of reminded me a little bit of the way that Patrick Kane was kind of fighting it for a little bit. And then yeah, you and I kind of called him out on it. And then lo and behold, he kind of flipped a switch and maybe Jonathan Taves will do the same thing because we seem to have that kind of impact on players. I know we're I'm overstating what we do what? And, and who listens to us, but man, as soon as we got into Patrick Kane a little bit, that dude went off. So maybe Jonathan Taves will do the same thing. All right, we've gone 20 minutes of negative and tonight was a bad game. There's no doubt about it. Let's scrap it. Let's throw it in a crapper like where it where it belongs. Let's take our first time out, and then we will come back and talk about one of the positive elements. And, James, you want to check me on something I said. We'll get to that after the break. But first, I want to tell you about our friends at Triple Threat Sports. They are the best place to go in the area to get your NHL jerseys lettered. But did you know they're also the best place to go if your team needs jerseys? Whether you're an elite travel, high school, or college program that needs outfit hundreds of kids, or if you're a beer and pizza league team with 12 players, Triple Threat can put you in pro-quality jerseys at pricing you can't afford. Triple Threat Sports can work with you on every aspect of the job. Logo design, fitting, apparel for off-ice, you name it, and you don't have to be a hockey player to wear uniforms from Triple Threat. Then get uniforms and apparel for all sports, baseball, softball, football, lacrosse, and more. So for more info, call Chris at 708-478-6090 or email him for more info at chris at triplethreatsports.com. Triple Threat Sports, if you can wear it. They can make it. We are going to take a brief time out, and we'll be right back on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Welcome back into this post-game edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. We've spent roughly the first 14, 15 minutes telling you about fun events and then getting negative about the Blackhawks' loss to the Stars on Thursday night. We're going to get a little bit more positive now, and to do that, I'm going to call Jay out on something that he said in the first segment of the show. Jay said that Alex DeBrincat is basically the only person on the team doing anything right now. I 
would throw out there that Artem Anisimov is tied for the team lead in goals with Mr. DeBrincat and had a hell of a month of November. And those two basically have been carrying this team for the last month. So there's at least one other guy that's doing something, and it's Artem Anisimov. So, Jay, I demand that you apologize to everyone's favorite Russian. All right. I do well, what Pavel Bure is not in this conversation, <laughs> but uh, I do apologize. You're right. Artem Anisimov has been fantastic, and I don't know why. Maybe it's just me. I don't know if you do it too, but I, I almost don't even – I don't think of him very much. It's the he mustache. <laughs> it's just too pervy okay, well, for me well, to even before, like uh, Before consider. we even get like beyond this, though, we do need to bring this up. No Shave November ends in approximately an hour and 17 minutes. There's no way he's shaving. That he can't, can no. he? No. no. If he if he shaves, there is going to be some irate Blackhawks fans, and there will be at least one irate Chicago Hockey Podcast co-host because I will say that dude needs to keep the uh, – what's the word I my grandma used to use? She used to call it like the – it was like a chin caterpillar, except it was on his face. I don't remember what she called it. Sorry, Grandma. If you're listening to this, I apologize. But he needs to keep that thing. That's all I'm saying. I think he's going to. I think he's going to. And Patrick Kane's been good. And I like what Cody Franzen's bought, brought to the team. Uh, there are guys who have been playing well. But DeBrincat, uh transitioning awkwardly into this. Uh, DeBrincat's been, to me, uh, th- over the last, what, three weeks, two weeks, the most consistent Blackhawk player. Yep. He's a guy that every night is going to give you a positive performance, whether he scores or not. Uh, I think w- what's impressed me the most, and we talked about this in the preseason, he spent this summer focusing on everything except scoring, <laughs> right? Yep. He knew that if he was going to play for Joel Quenville, he was going to have to learn how to play a defensive style. He was going to have to learn how to forecheck and all those things. His hockey acumen, his hockey uh, intelligence, his hockey sense is really way more than I thought it would be. He is really impressive, and there's not, there hasn't been that learning curve that Nick Schmaltz had last year, right, where you saw him really struggling in every zone. Even in the offensive zone, after a while, it started to affect him a little bit. DeBrigitte's come in. He's got a gift for finding the soft spot in the D and getting there. Even if it's in a high-traffic area, he finds a place. He gets his shots off. I've been so impressed with his all-around game. We knew the offense was going to come, right? We knew that was not an issue. Uh, But for the rest of his game, to be as developed and mature as it is, that's been really impressive and really encouraging to me. And uh, he, I, I, like I said, I knew he would score. I didn't think he'd be uh, among the team leaders in goals. I didn't think he'd be the re- leading rookie scorer at this point in goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's he's been fantastic, and he's only getting better. Every game he's getting better. I have a stat for you, Jay, and I know our listeners love when I bust out the stats. Do I it. Got, I got one for the DeBrin kit. He scored 10 goals in the month of November. Did you know that is the most goals that a Blackhawks rookie has ever scored in a single month? I do now. That is a new Blackhawks record that Alex DeBrincat managed to set tonight. And he jumped a really interesting list of three players that had nine goals. Guarantee you could probably get two of them. One is Daryl Sutter. February of 1981 scored nine goals. I'm going to say Kane. Uh, incorrect. <gasps> uh, all right, so there's going to be a curveball in here then. There, there is one. 
the one of these you will get one of them if you get it i will literally bow to you the next time i see you i will get down on the ground and bow to you and eric does a no damn it all right i don't have anything i'm all out right. in december of 1982 steve larmer scored nine goals for the blackhawks and finally january of 1960 the immortal Murray Balfour scored nine goals for the Blackhawks. Those are the three guys that had scored nine in a month, and Alex DeBrincat just set a new record. Well, I like that. That's good company. Yeah. You know, those are guys who had pretty good careers. Steve did, Larmer, Murray Balfour. Sure, they were good players. I'll take Mur- that. Did Murray Balfour have a good career? I don't he know was fine. Lot. I don't know a lot about him. He, dude, he's before our time. You have to forgive me for not being like, oh, yeah, good old Murray Balfour. I remember all about his career. How do you? How dare you not know every Blackhawk that ever played? I got, I'm got. i going to hit you with another one later that uh, John Weideman tripped up on tonight on the radio broadcast. I'm going to see if you can get it. But we'll we'll save that one for a little bit later in the show because it's not related to Alex DeBrincat. All right, well, so. hang on. Murray Balfour, uh, let's see. He's 81 years old right now. Good for him. Is he still right alive? Right winger. Uh, believe so. Sweet. Uh, we should have him is, on the show. Uh, no, that's okay. Uh, he <laughs> played 306 NHL games and scored 157 points. Not bad. Murray Balfour. Not bad. Bad. See, as soon as I saw Balfour, oh, he's, I, dead. he's dead. He's oh. dead. He's dead. He's dead. He's dead. He's we dead. We apologize to Grant Balfour's uh, grandpa. He um, died uh, in 2015 of cancer. Well, that sucks. Yeah, yeah. Way to go, James. Way to bring down the podcast, jerk. <laughs> By what? Bringing up a guy that you told me was alive, and then oh wait, you were wrong. He's dead. No, I think that was your fault. Okay, you're right. Uh, hey, by the way, uh, some breaking news here. Tomorrow at 1040 on the Spiegel and Parkins show, Alex DeBrinkett will don't join you mean, the guys. Don't you mean today at 1040 since people yes. are going to be listening to this on Friday? <laughs> yes, Friday morning, December 1st, 2017, in the year of our Lord, uh, at 1040 a.m. Central Time, Alex DeBrinkett will join the Spiegel and Parkins show on 670 The Score. Find me my fainting couch. They are going to talk hockey. Speaking I know. Of, speaking of the Spiegel and Parkins show, I wanted to give you guys props for your uh, pick a player segment today. Very <laughs> that was mu- fun. Very much enjoyed having Addie and Ruben on that. That was an awesome way to kind of cap off my commute to work. It was definitely funny listening to you guys uh, take callers to task for trying to pick on the kids. That was real. And as soon as I think it was Parkins said that the category for Addie was Star Wars characters, I was like. Oh, I pity the poor soul that goes up against her because I knew she was going to win. And I would have bet the over in a second that Spiegel said at nine and I would have lost. But yeah, she got eight. That's pretty good. I had that much faith in your daughter that she was going to kick butt and take names, man. One thing you have to know about pick a player is that uh, when you are in the moment, it's hard to do. Mm hmm. Right. It's you think like I can name 15 ice cream flavors. No problem. But when it's like ready, set, go. And you're like, uh, what is ice cream? <laughs> right? Like, that's that's actually how you kind of feel. Absolutely. Uh, and your brain just goes to mush because you're feeling rushed. You're feeling, you know, stressed out. Not like actual stress, but you know what I mean. You're trying not to embarrass yourself. And anyway, no one cares. Uh, pick a player Thursdays at 1040 on Spiegel and Parkins. It, w- it was a good segment, and I figured that it was worth doing the segue since, you know, we were 
talking about Alex Dabrinkit being on the show and you host this show. And yeah, I figured it made a lot of sense. Yeah. Anyway, so where I left off was uh, <laughs> Dabrinkit, I said that his overall game has been super, super impressive. And it's only going to get better as he gets older and bigger and strong. I don't know if he'll get taller, but he'll get stronger. And, uh, man, I, I cannot wait to see what his career is going to bring. If you told me, let's say, like, if we set an over-under before the season, Alex Dabrinkit goals on December 1st, would you be in double digits? Probably not. I would have said no. probably seven or eight. Yeah, I w- I'd say so, too. And I know he had a lot of empty netters, so that's something. But they count, too. Um, man, he's just been he's been so good. And it's every, you know, as – people have gotten used to the Hawks winning and that's something I kind of want to get to in this podcast as well. Um, the luster wears off for, you don't get so excited to watch Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves and Duncan Keith. Cause you've seen it for so long. It's not, doesn't have the novelty anymore. Last year for me, it was Nick Schmaltz's development. That was, you know, making me get excited to sit down and watch the Hawks this year. It's Alex to when he's on the ice, I am excited. And I want to see what he's going to do. And for me, he's the number one reason to watch this year. He's been really, really good. Uh, after a little bit of a slow start offensively, he's really picked it up. And, man, I'm just so excited to watch him play now and watch him grow. And uh, like we, before the season began, we said, who are you know what's the key to the window staying open for this team? And I think the two of us agreed that it's Nick Schmaltz and it's Alex Abrinkit. And so far, so good on both those guys. But... Shoot the puck every now and again, Schmaltz. Jesus. <laughs> yep, he had another one of those tonight in the third period. The game had a uh, – or second period, sorry, had a really good chance to shoot and didn't. And we all wondered, how did they only manage 10 shots through the first 40 minutes of play? That literally was it in a nutshell. That was yeah. it right there, man. It was so bad. It's crazy. Like, I know – and there's, we've seen a lot of guys throughout the years that – you know, they de- they default to passing or whatever. That's fine. But, man, he's had opportunities where it's just like, dude, what are you waiting for? Yep. It's, I don't know, whatever. Other, other than that, he's been really good, so I'm not going to complain. Um, But it's just, you know, it's crazy. It's just like, dude, put the puck on net every now and again. Good things happen. It, it was ve- very strange, and I just I don't get it. He's got a very good shot. I like how aggressive he can be at times, but, man, he – there was some annoyances to his game, especially tonight. And I'm just like, shoot the puck, dude. Too much cuteness here. You've got to go for it, man. Come on. Totally. All right, let's take another break. Uh, we come back. A couple little other things I wanted to hit on in the world of hockey. Then we'll also get your emails. But before we take a break – Wanted to tell you about our friends at Marishka's 604 Theodore Street in Crest Hill. Family owned and operated since 1933. You've heard of Marishka's. They are the place with the world famous poor boy sandwiches. Go there. Get a poor boy sandwich. You'll be back again and again and again no matter where you live. But they don't have just poor boys. They've got steaks. They've got chops. They've got seafood. They've got burgers. They've got onion rings. They've got twice baked potatoes. Home cooking, comfort food. This is what we're talking about at Marishka's. You will love it. Go check them out. Facebook.com slash Marishka's or Marishka's.com. That's M-E-R-I-C-H-K-A-S. Close only on Christmas, Easter, the 4th of July, and Thanksgiving. So get on out there. The holidays are coming up. Get some gift cards for your loved ones. Marishka's is one of my favorite places in the state. 
So make sure you get out there. Say hi to Joe and all the great people at Marishka's. With that, we'll be right back with some more hockey thoughts. And again, your emails on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Welcome back into the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast, where we aim to both entertain you, inflame you, and inform you. This is what we are <laughs> going wrong to- with you, man. <laughs> dude, you put a microphone in my hand, and I just get all sorts of crazy, dude. All right, I like it. All right, go on. <laughs> it, go on almost, with your. It's almost Sorry. eleven o'clock, man. We're we're getting into slap happy territory <laughs> now, I believe. So definitely. Before we got to the break, Jay had this thing that he wanted to kind of tease y'all with a little bit of hockey knowledge, and I have to admit, it's pretty good. So Jay, the floor is yours, my friend. Have at it. Today, uh, Daniel Sedin recorded his 1,000th. You keep saying it that way. That's at least the third time I've heard you say it. I'm a mushmouth bastard. I don't know what you want from me. His 1,000th point in the National Hockey League. That gives Daniel and Henrik a combined 2,034 points. Okay? Mm -hmm. Makes them the second highest pair of brothers the high, second highest scoring pair of brothers in nhl history will you venture a guess as to who is the number one pair of scoring brothers in nhl history marcel and marion hosa no not even close <laughs> i i am aware that was um that was my joke answer i'm gonna go ahead and i'm going to uh all right i am going to go ahead and guess Bobby and Dennis Hall. Incorrect. Ooh. Uh, uh, so the Sedins have 2,034 points. I said that. Can I have another the, guess? Yes. I would like one more. Okay. The Stasny brothers. The three Stasnys, Peter, Anton, and Marion, have 2,169 points, but that's three. Ah, dang it. The, I forgot the that hi- qualifier. The highest scoring brother tandem is Wayne and Brent Gretzky. Oh, that is such BS, dude. Oh. 2,861 combined points. Ugh. Brent Gretzky combined, uh, contributed all of four of those points. <laughs> so four of the 2,861 points scored by the Gretzky brothers, courtesy of Brent Gretzky. I, I should have known <laughs> that you hit your Twitter you followers with my favorite hockey stat of all time tonight because of that. I should have known that. Well, we got to give that one now, too. Yes. So (laughs) Wayne Gretzky has more assists, 1,963, than any other player has points. Yep. That is my favorite hockey stat ever. Yaramir Yager is the NHL's second leading scorer of all time with 1,920 combined points. Wayne Gretzky has 1,963 assists with 894 goals on top of it. I feel like that's a lot of goals. I think you're right. That is the all-time record for goals scored as well. <laughs> yeah, I sort I sort of assumed that. Uh, yeah, I remember, God, I remember it like it was yesterday when he passed Gordie Howe, and it was all over ESPN. You could not get away from it. It was... Literally, I think like 10 minutes of Sports Center that night was dedicated to that. 
Can you imagine nowadays if, like, somebody set some kind of NHL scoring record, they'd maybe get 20 seconds? Hey, I think if someone broke these, if someone broke Gretzky's record, I think they'd actually cover it. That's that's a fair point because it might be a be... night. It might be a fun kicker at the end of the broadcast. Yeah, well, considering the guy would probably have to be 90 years old to do it. Yeah, you're probably right. All right, one more sibling question. Not that's more of a fact than a question. The Sutter brothers, all six of them. We did Brent, bring up Daryl Sutter tonight, so we we do have to do this. Brent, Brian, Ron, Dwayne, Rich, Daryl, combined for two thousand nine hundred thirty-six points. Very good. So six players combined, all of which had good long NHL careers, had less than a hundred points more than Wayne Gretzky did. Wow, that's How about insane. That? It's like it's like Wayne Gretzky was the greatest uh, forward of all time. And I know we're going to get emails about this. Like, hey, yo, Gretzky was one-dimensional. Okay, Who that's great. Who cares when it's that good of <laughs> a dimension? He had a million points. <laughs> he had literally a million points. Well, not literally, but, I mean, come on. See, see you, they can actually get on you for your misuse of literally. I'll go ahead and I'll do that. I was just doing it because of my affinity for Parks and Rec. Oh, okay. It was literally the greatest moment of my life. Let's take a look at Wayne Gretzky's uh, 212-point season. Oh, for the 81-82 Oilers, where he scored 92 goals and 120 assists. Take take that in. 80 games, 92 goals, 120 assists, 212 points, plus 81. Wasn't that the season he scored 50 goals in 37 games? It had to be. It had to be. Well, I mean, he had a run there where he had like three or four in a row where it was just obscenely crazy numbers every single season. So it was really hard to keep track of which record he set when because that guy was basically Babe Ruth on skates. It was just insane. Look, Guess what? Man. That season, 212-point season, was not his career high. 85-86, Wayne had a paltry 52 goals. And 163 assists. How is that even possible? And let's say, think back to the end of Gretzky's career, right? Uh, you know, he's with the Rangers. He's not He's not really the same guy he used to be. 97 points, 90 points, and his final year where he was a shadow of his former self, 62 points. My God. So in his, in his, like, wow, this guy sucks. His career's almost over. He had, like, an average Taves year. <laughs> take that jonathan taves I, I but i mean that's crazy i don't want to hear anyone say like hey, hey oh gordy how he dropped the gloves too great he was great too no one has dominated their sport more than wayne gretzky <laughs> i i appreciated your meatball accent it really uh it fit the gordy how dropping the gloves thing extremely well kudos <laughs> to you, you. All right, you had something for me, Eagle I Man. I did. I did. It was the John Weideman got stumped by Troy Murray tonight during the broadcast. All right. The, Sorry to ice, stump me. On the ice tonight for the Dallas Stars was 2001 second overall pick Jason Spezza. Yes. The number two over, or Spezza, whatever. I say it both ways. You can too. He was the second overall pick in the 2001 draft of the Ottawa Senators, who was the number one overall pick in that year. What would t uh, if you tell me the team is to give it away? Yes, absolutely would give it away. Uh, 
John guessed Stephen Weiss and was wrong. I'm not going to get it. I'm not even going to guess. Come on, dude. It, it is. I guarantee you it is a player you have heard of. I'm going Mike Francesa on you here. Uh, 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 let me see. Uh, I'm going to fall asleep. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Atlanta uh, Thrashers. Oh, Kovalchuk? Dang. <laughs> yeah. Yep, and I instantly knew it. Don't ask me how, but I knew it. I was That's like, a pretty good draft. Yeah, dude. Well, obviously, no draft is going to be as good as the 03 draft, which was one of the most ridiculously stacked first rounds ever in terms of the talent that ended up getting taken. But, yeah, that 01 draft was pretty solid. Kovalchuk and uh, uh, Spezza going 1-2. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. That's very solid. The 03 draft. Marc-Andre Fleury, Eric Stahl. Yep. Thomas Vanek. Mm-hmm. Ryan Suter. Yep. Dion Phaneuf. Yep. Jeff Carter. Mm-hmm. Dustin Brown. Brent you're no- Seabrook. You're noticing a theme here, aren't you guys? Robert Nilsson. Zach Parise. Ryan Getzlaff. Brent Burns. Mark Stewart. Ryan Kessler. Mike Richards. Brian Boyle. Corey Perry. Patrick Eves. And this, Those isn't are the, the, this isn't the entire draft, guys. No, this I'm, I'm just giving you the highlights round. of the first round. That's yep. the first round. Yep. Yep. Let's go. Second round. Well, the, Danny the, Richmond. Blackhawks were watching Danny the, Richmond. Uh, the, tri- the trick with the 03 draft is I believe all but one player taken in the first round ended up playing in the NHL, which is extremely uncommon. Who'd be the one? Let's see. Uh, I think it was. I think it was all but one. No, all these guys played. Flurry, Stahl, Horton, Zherdev, Vanek, Mc- McCulloch, Suter, Coburn, Funef, Kostitsin, Carter, Jessamin, Brown, Seabrook, Nilsson, Bernier, Parise, Fair, Getzlaff, Burns, Stewart. Oh, maybe Mark Antoine Palat did not. That was the one I was thinking of. Like, I yeah. didn't think that nope, he, he did. did. Oh, he yes, did? Yes, he did. Yep. Oh. Kessler, Richards, Anthony Stewart. Brian Boyle, Jeff Tambellini, Corey Perry, Patrick Eves, Sean Bell. Yeah. Sean Bell had a sniff, didn't he? I, I yes. believe so, yeah. Like, I, for some reason, I had thought somebody had said that one of the guys didn't, but I knew it was basically all of the first-round players. I believe it's all of them. That's unless insane, I'm, Unless dude. I'm missing somebody. Hugh Jessamine. <laughs> well, maybe Hugh Jessamine was a career. He, he was a goon, though. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, he had two games with the Panthers. Let's see. NHL totals two games. So he did. He played. Barely. All of them played. Okay. I think it, it may have been Hugh Jessamine I was thinking of. And then. Hugh Jasmine. <laughs> Don't you take Hugh Jackman's title away from him. Don't you do it. All right. Are you ready for some emails? Because, dude, I'm ready to go to bed. I'm pretty sure that we've lost all of our listeners. So, yeah, <laughs> I think we should just go ahead and do it. All right. Let's do it. Email the guys at madhousepod at gmail.com or follow them on Twitter at madhousepod. The email segment, as always, is brought to you by our friends at Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe with locations in Burbank and in Darien. Check out chuckscafe.com for locations, phone numbers, specials, all that good stuff. Look, I'm just going to I'm just gonna give it to you straight, all right? It's 11 o'clock on a Thursday night. I got to get up. I got to catch the 630 train. Chuck's is awesome. Everything there is fantastic. Mexican, barbecue, Cajun. You want some just American bar food, wings, burgers, whatever. Everything at Chuck's is phenomenal. Everyone you bring there will love it. The beers are great. The drinks are great. The service is great. 
The atmosphere is great. The music's great. There's a million TVs. There's tons of parking. It's an awesome place. Go to Chuck's. Chuck'sCafe.com. Burbank, Darien, get it done, damn it. Yep, and I plan on going and drinking there soon. Well, bring me with you. All right. I I indeed will. To the emails. To the email. Kyle in Nashville. Last week That's we discussed. A name, and I like it. Last week we discussed the uh, if Nashville should host an outdoor game. Okay. Uh, yes. I was sort of. I said I would like it, but I'm not sure it would be the greatest sell, and would it sell out? Blah blah blah. So here's Kyle in Nashville's take. He says, thought I'd weigh in on the Nashville as an outdoor host. I've been here three years now, and Jay's assessment that there are a small but dedicated fan base seems pretty accurate. I went to the game Saturday night against Colorado, and there were a lot of empty seats. Save for a cup final game last year, that's been the case for the other games I've been to, about 10 now. The weather might be an issue, too. There aren't any plows or salters here, so everything shuts down if there's any real ice or snow. With that said, if it were property, properly marketed, it could be the spark point for the Preds' casual fans to come out. The most hated team is the Blackhawks, so they'd probably be the best choice in opponent. That The game also couldn't conflict with football, college, or NFL. If it's properly planned out, it'd be great, and I'd buy tickets for sure, but those are hindrances that other host cities wouldn't face. Thank hmm. you. That's an informative That's very, email. Very, yes. And I... The one thing I will say is I as soon as he brought up the snowplow thing, I was like, what, would they panic because they have ice outdoors at, you know, Nissan Stadium or wherever? Like, I, I was being a total smart Alec, but I will not let that take away from the quality of that email. That was good stuff, man. Thank you. Uh, I will say I was in Nashville this year, whenever that was, July, I think. We're happy for you. Thank you. And uh, I was discussing with the Uber driver, and he said that Nashville is growing by 100 people a day and the city itself cannot really handle the growth they're trying to build up 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 to accommodate all the people wanting to live there but the streets are just clogged like terribly there's literally buildings that are building over streets like you know your patio like overhangs a street because they're running out of room to put people nashville is growing huge and they're going to have to kind of rebuild their streets and roadways if they're going to accommodate this influx of people coming to nashville so that's an issue too it's super overcrowded it's super congested right now it's still an awesome place to go and i'll go and i'll deal with it every time i go there um but you know it's uh it's not ideal to have big crowds coming via vehicle so that's another thing to consider never been man dude all right we're going next year we're going to have a Madhouse podcast outing in Nashville. It's going to happen. Re- road trip. Road trip. Damn right. We're going to rent a bus and bring a bunch of people with us. Oh, my God. We are getting ambitious now. <laughs> uh, hey, patreon.com slash madhousepod. Gofundme.com slash madhousepod. Start filling those coffers for the Nashville trip now. All right. Hopefully, uh, Gingenberger didn't take me seriously earlier when I said we were never recording again and that we uh, bought an island with the money that we had raised. I, th- oh, I think he that was. Yeah. He's not invited. You think he knew though. I was being sarcastic? I hope, I so. hope so. He's not invited, though. <laughs> to our island or to Nashville. Correct. Uh, email here from Kevin says I'm a new listener to the podcast, was referred by a friend who listens to the Hawks talk on the radio. I'm loving it so far. I listen to it when I work out, actually. Thanks, Kevin. Mm. And listen, yeah. longtime listeners, tell your Hawks friends. That's very helpful. Word of mouth is a very helpful thing because we can tweet about it and we can Facebook about it. But if people don't follow us on Twitter or Facebook, 
they're not going to see it. So tell your friends that love hockey about the podcast. All right, here's the question. Why is DeBrincat not on the line with Patrick Kane? My friend, we have discussed this ad nauseum. It's so many times. It's going to happen. It happened today at the end of the game when the Hawks were trying to win. They had Taves, Kane, and DeBrincat out there on the ice together, which is encouraging, and it shows you that Joel Quenville is noticing uh, how good of a player Alex DeBrincat is. I think it's coming, and I think it's coming soon. It should have come sooner. That's all I'm saying. I, com- I completely agree. I think Joel Quenville, we've brought it up a million times, doesn't like the lack of physicality or defense with that line if those two are together. But at some point, they got to do it, man. That That is the break glass in case of emergency grouping. And boy, would it be fun to watch. I am all about this. Let's, let's go. Let's do it. Uh, email here from Brandon. We talked a little bit before about useless Hawks memorabilia. He sends a picture of his uh, Bernie Nichols Hawks jersey signed by Darren Pang. <laughs> he says, not sure why a 10-year-old me wanted this jersey signed by Darren Pang, but I did. So very nice Bernie Nichols jersey uh, signed yes. by Darren Pang. Everyone's dream. Uh, Bryant Equinsky, he was our emailer of the show last week, if I'm not mistaken. I believe he was. He says, first of all, James is dead to me. He took cranberries over stuffing in the Thanksgiving draft and then claimed my name was made up in the email segment. Second. Well, okay, the second part I'm not going to apologize for. <laughs> the first part, I I have no defense, man. I choked in that draft. I choked worse than the uh, St. Louis Blues taking Eric Johnson over Jonathan Taves. I did bad. Nice. Uh, he says, second, can you explain Kane on the blue line uh, for the power play recently? I understand double no. shifting him, but why not on the wing? You have a you have a thought on that? I just don't think it's I don't think he should be there, man. I don't think he's point man material for the power play. He needs to be out along the walls and he needs to be in the forward group. I don't think that he's the right guy to be running the point. So no, I really I can't explain it that well, honestly. I just I don't agree with it. I don't think it's the right call by Joel, but then again, that's why he gets paid all the money, and that's why he's the second winningest coach ever, and yada yada. So I think it has to do with go. not many other options. No one's really doing a great job at quarterbacking the power play. I don't like it either, for the record. But, I mean, they've had a little bit more success on the power play lately. Um, yeah, not a fan long-term, no. All right, email here from Dwayne. He says, Dwayne here, a massive Blackhawks fan from all the way across the pond in Melbourne, Australia. Oh, my God, yes. So that's not bots listening in Australia. Thanks, Dwayne. Yeah. <laughs> so I've been listening to your pod for quite a while now. Keep up the great work. Been sitting on a thought for a while. I want to see what you guys thought. And then he gets into uh, the same thing we discussed. Why is Kane and DeBrincat not playing with Anisimov? And, um, yeah, I'm with you, man. I just want to get your email in. I am so fired up. We have an Australian listener. That's so cool. I know. It's uh, by the way, Sydney Sixers. They're about to start the uh, big bash league cricket. Go Sydney. Okay. Speaking of crickets, <laughs> cricket nah. talk on a hockey just, podcast. Hey, As hey, if we're man. not. Hey, we have to work hard enough to get people to listen because we're hockey. We don't need cricket <laughs> content added as well. I figured he might appreciate it, even though he's probably not a fan of that team. I just thought he'd appreciate the shout out, man. That's all. Fine. All right, salsa shark. In it. He'd say, I'd say it was about a year ago or so when a couple of podcasters declared Pecorine done because of a degenerative hip condition. 
I specifically <laughs> I specifically remember Jay saying something like Goldies need hips. <laughs> that sounds like me. <laughs> Ever since that episode, I swear Rene has just owned the Hawks, and quite frankly, I'm sick of it. I don't even believe in curses, but all of a sudden he owns the Hawks. How did he all of a sudden come back from the dead? And it's not improved defense because Weber is gone and he's earning all of those saves. Yet again, behold the power of our podcast. That's right. Behold our yep. power. We talk Tremble about people and fear. they improve. Yes. <laughs> we call them out and they prove us wrong. That's how it goes. That's how smart we are. Yeah. Or how awful we are, depending on uh, what your definition is. A little bit of both. Uh, David from Champagne, DJ from Champagne. I'm sorry, DJ. He says, hey, guys, longtime listener, first time emailer. With all the talk earlier in the season about dismantling the team as it's constructed now, it got me wondering your options about who from the 2010 championship team to the present Hawks teams would make it to the rafters of the UC. Hmm. Interesting. The obvious choices would be Kane, Taves, Keith, and probably Hosa, but would anyone else? Love the show. You guys make my hour drive to work less miserable. Thanks, DJ. Um, I think 88, 19, 2 are for sure. Those three will for sure, yes. I think that Seabrook over Hosa, simply because he was drafted by the Hawks yeah. and it was part of the team for longer. Um, and I think Corey Crawford's got an argument, too. He's, he's getting there. I mean, I... I know he's only been here for two of the Cups, but again, same thing with Seabrook. Got drafted by the team, has really been an instrumental part of a couple of Cups. And yeah, I think that he puts together probably two or three more really solid seasons, including this one. I definitely would uh, throw number 50 up there into the rafters alongside Tony and Glenn. So you think they would do that many? You think they'd do five? Well, you got to think they did how many... You know, from that particular era of Blackhawks hockey, they did Hall and Makita. Hall, Makita, Hall, or Esposito. And, and Palat and Magnuson. I mean, they they kind of went to the well a bunch of times in the same kind of era. So, I don't think anything would stop them. I mean, no, this team won three Stanley Cups. I don't think that's out of the question. Well, Helen, if you're Especially doing five, with, why not do six? I mean, I could see an argument for Hosa. I could, I could, too. Could you see an argument for Patrick Sharp? I don't think so. I think that's nah, where you draw the line, so. right? Yeah, I don't I don't think uh I don't think Sharp is probably going to be in that conversation. I think that he meant a lot to the team, but I also think that at a certain point you have to go look like would they have won three Stanley Cups without Patrick Sharp? Probably not, but they still probably would have won one or two without him. I I don't think you win a cup without Kane or Taves. I don't think you win a cup without Duncan Keith. Corey Crawford is getting a little bit more borderline. So, yeah, I think that ultimately is kind of the deciding factor for me is I don't think this dynasty is even close to happening without at least three and probably four of those guys. What about Tavo, my friend? <laughs> you you didn't want us to bring up Tavo, and then you bring up Tavo. What's wrong with I you, know, man? I know. I just need my, yep. I need my fix. I got him in my hockey ultimate team. Very the excited o- the about other that. night when uh, Artemi Panarin scored in the shootout and Tavo Teravainen didn't. I guess the one trick pony had another trick up his sleeve, didn't he? Yeah, scoring goals. That's the trick. Ah. <laughs> All right, one more email here from Salsa Shark again. He says, Hey, you can't double dip Salsa Shark. Sure he can. Nah. He's a favorite. That was a bet. 
that was a bad pun. He said, is there any more unhealthy looking human being than Ken Hitchcock? He looks uh, uh, significantly bigger than mm-hmm. he did in St. Louis. And did you hear Pat Foley's faux pas tonight? I did. The Freudian <laughs> slip of all Freudian <laughs> slips. It was really good. If you have the game on DVR, go back to the third period when the Stars call their timeout. Pat Foley says, Ken Hitchcock's got all his big guts, big guns out there on the ice. Like, really clear. And part of me, knowing Foley a little bit, I'm not convinced it was totally by mistake. I I don't either. Um, To answer the question, probably not. But I'd imagine at some point in the near future, we'll all be horrified by something. And it'll be worse than Ken Hitchcock. But... Until then, we will put him atop the mountain. And by the way, wouldn't you gain weight moving to Dallas over St. Louis? I mean, you got all that awesome barbecue and all that good Texas food down there. In St. Louis, you have, what, ketchup on crackers? That's about all you got. Yeah, I'm. you know what? I have a – I don't like to fat shame people. I'm fat, too. I can't really talk. Not, I'm not fat shaming anybody. I know you're not. I, I just It's hard for me to like bag on Ken Hitchcock when like I've had Chipotle twice in two, in two days. Dude, I went to, <laughs> I went to a Taco Bell uh, cantina tonight. I can't say anything. Did you get the rolled chicken tacos? Of course I did. Oh, man. PSA, if you've not tried the limited, the limited time rolled chicken tacos from Taco Bell, my friends, you're missing out. All right. Mm. Let's pick a winner for our hockey card slash breakfast at Chuck's. Keeping in mind, the guy from Melbourne, Australia, probably can't make it to Chuck's. I sort of want to make you send him a hockey card, though, because I guarantee you it would probably cost like 50 bucks. I'm going to bill you the postage. <laughs> You're going to take it out. Dang it. Take it out of your check. Um, I do handle your payments for this, so yes. That is true. You do. Sometimes um, I remember to do it, too. I, I got to be honest. I feel like we need to go with Bernie Pang. I feel like that like that email just cracked me up. All right. The Bernie Nichols jersey signed <laughs> by Darren Pang. Well, good news for Brandon, <laughs> who sent us his signed, uh, <coughs> excuse me, Bernie Nichols jersey signed by Darren Pang. You can now staple a 1996-97 Eddie Belfort card to your jersey. <laughs> <laughs> So, Brandon, congratulations. You win the NHL picks, 96-97. I don't even know what brand this is. What is this? This is an odd-looking card. Oh, it's Tops. Okay. A confusing end to a confusing podcast. That's a Tops Eddie Belfort card. Cool, and he's making a kick save. Awesome-looking card. He's still on Hawks then, so he can still like him. All right. Well, that's going to do it for a rousing and tired edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Thanks for sticking with us if you did. I can look if you listened through the whole episode, by the way. We have abandonment numbers, and I can check out how many people listen start to finish, and it's not enough of you, quite frankly. So stick with us. (laughs) Stick with us, and we'll pay off somehow. I can't really back that up. I guess there's there's really no way to actually, like, threaten our listeners, I don't think. They seem like they... They kind of get it. <laughs> yeah, they're here with us. I feel like they're just like listening in on our conversation, and uh, at some point they tire of our conversation and they go, "It's fine, no problem." Just listen as until the email starts. Cricket, it's all over. Yeah, that that didn't help. That did not help. All right, thank you all for listening to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast, which has been brought to you by Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris at seven zero eight four seven eight six zero nine zero. Mariska and Crest Hill, family owned and operated since 1933. 
Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe with locations in Burbank and Darien. Check out chuckscafe.com and seatgiant.com. Use promo code MADHOUSE to check out to save. And don't forget, January 20th, our outing with the Chicago Wolves, $17 a ticket. Includes a bunch of swag, a meet and greet if you buy in on time. Uh, so we hope to see you out there Jan 20. That's a Saturday night against the Bakersfield Condors. Throw out the record books when those two franchises get together, by the way. <laughs> the Wednesday night rivalry on NBCSN. <laughs> yes. Look for the links to buy those tickets on our Twitter accounts and in the description of this podcast. Again, we want to see you out there. Only 50 seats available. So that's 25 pairs. So it's not a lot when you really think about it. So make sure get in on this early to make sure you don't miss out. We want to see you all out there at the Wolves game, give you all sweet new Madhouse t-shirts and koozies and uh, meet you and hug you and touch you and love you. But thank you for listening. We love you. Have a great rest of your week. And we'll talk to you at the very latest on Wednesday night after the Capitals-Hawks game with our first post-game report from my partner James DeVoe from NBC Chicago. I'm Jay Zawoski from 670 The Score. Thank you for listening to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Hey, we get it. You don't want to be hearing a progressive commercial right now. So let us tell you something you do want to hear. You are intelligent. You make all the right decisions. You were smart before smart was cool, and you made it cool again. You have a wealth of knowledge, and you are so very clever. <laughs> I bet you already knew I was going to say that, you genius. There, don't you feel better? You'll also feel better when you hear you could save big when you switch to progressive. But I'm pretty sure you already knew that, too. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. What's it doing? Designing my new 2021 Nissan Kicks Online in the Kicks Color Studio, I give each a special name. This one's electric blue, orange, red, white. I call it the gumball machine. You think it's me? I feel like you're more of a red velvet guy. Limitless possibilities. With over 100 million available color combinations and Bose Personal Plus system in the boldly new 2021 Nissan Kicks. Bose is the registered trademark of the Bose Corporation. Color combinations include interior and exterior colors. Customization is an available feature subject to availability at participating Nissan dealers. See dealer for details.